...warning voice and her bone-crushing handshake. And at last, he grew to hate her. Eventually, indeed, his hate was the dominant emotion of his life, exceeding even his love for his orchids. But he was careful not to show it, realizing that if Aunt Henrietta discovered how he felt about her, she would probably break him in two and throw the pieces to her wolf pack. There was no way, then, in which Hercules could express his pent-up feelings. He had to be polite to Aunt Henrietta, even when he felt like murder. And he often did feel like murder, though he knew that there was nothing he would ever do about it. Until one day. According to the dealer, the orchid came from somewhere in the Amazon region, a rather vague postal address. When Hercules first saw it, it was not a very prepossessing sight, even to anyone who loved orchids as much as he did. A shapeless root, about the size of a man's fist, that was all. It was redolent of decay, and there was the faintest hint of a rank carrion smell. Hercules was not even sure that it was viable, and told the dealer as much. Perhaps that enabled him to purchase it for a trifling sum, and he carried it home without much enthusiasm. It showed no signs of life for the first month, but that did not worry Hercules. Then, one day, a tiny green shoot appeared and started to creep up to the light. After that, progress was rapid. Soon there was a thick, fleshy stem as big as a man's forearm and coloured a positively virulent green. Near the top of the stem, a series of curious bulges circled the plant. Otherwise, it was completely featureless. Hercules was now quite excited. He was sure that some entirely new species had swum into his ken. The rate of growth was now really fantastic. Soon the plant was taller than Hercules. Not that that was saying a great deal. Moreover, the bulges seemed to be developing, and it looked as if at any moment the orchid would burst into bloom. Hercules waited anxiously, knowing how short-lived some flowers can be, and spent as much time as he possibly could in the hothouse. Despite all his watchfulness, the transformation occurred one night while he was asleep. In the morning, the orchid was fringed by a series of eight dangling tendrils, almost reaching to the ground. They must have developed inside the plant and emerged with, for the vegetable world, explosive speed. Hercules stared at the phenomenon in amazement and went very thoughtfully to work. That evening, as he watered the plant and checked its soil, he noticed a still more peculiar fact. The tendrils were thickening, and they were not completely motionless. They had a slight but unmistakable tendency to vibrate, as if possessing a life of their own. Even Hercules, for all his interest and enthusiasm, found this more than a little disturbing. A few days later, there was no doubt about it at all. When he approached the orchid, the tendrils swayed towards him in an unpleasantly suggestive fashion. The impression of hunger was so strong that Hercules began to feel very uncomfortable indeed, and something started to nag at the back of his mind. It was quite a while before he could recall what it was. Then he said to himself, Of course! How stupid of me! and went along to the local library. Here he spent a most interesting half-hour, rereading a little piece by one H.G. Wells entitled The Flowering of the Strange Orchid. My goodness, thought Hercules, when he had finished the tale. As yet, 
there'd been no stupefying odour which might overpower the plant's intended victim, but otherwise the characteristics were all too similar. Hercules went home in a very unsettled mood indeed. He opened the conservatory door and stood looking along the avenue of greenery towards his prized specimen. He judged the length of the tendrils, already he found himself calling them tentacles, with great care and walked within what appeared a safe distance. The plant certainly had an impression of alertness and menace far more appropriate to the animal than the vegetable kingdom. Hercules remembered the unfortunate history of Dr. Frankenstein and was not amused. But really, this was ridiculous. Such things didn't happen in real life. Well, there was one way to put matters to the test. Hercules went into the house and came back a few minutes later with a broomstick, to the end of which he had attached a piece of raw...